Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel, or if you're listening to us on the Cycling Dane podcast. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Krug himself, Ewan Wilson, and Ewan today was the big Col de la Loz stage. And yeah, what exactly happened on the stage? Well, this stage was the so-called queen stage of the Tour de France. That is for good reason. We began in Saint-Gervais, Mont Blanc, and headed up to Courchevel across the Comme de Roseland, the Col de Saisie, two category one efforts before the Hardest climb of this year's Tour de France, the highest point of this year's Tour de France, the Col de la Loz, a 28-kilometer climb at an average of 6%, reaching 2,300 meters above sea level. It was a mad dash to get into the breakaway in the morning. Uh, lots of riders trying to get involved, particularly the lower ranks in top 10, including Peo Bilbao, Simon Yates, Felix Gal, Guillaume Martin, David Gaudu, Thibaut Pinot, those kind of guys that you would imagine. They also brought with them a number of their teammates as well to extend that gap and to give them a handicap coming into that final final climb of the day. In the peloton, Tadej Pogacar came down in a crash early today, coming down on his left side. Remember, his left side is where he broke his wrist, his left arm. So, or left wrist. Once we got to the Cordalos, the group up in front had about three minutes of an advantage. They kept going and fighting for that stage win. For, for most of the climb, it looked like they could believe in their chances for stage victory, and they were right to do so. Felix Gal attacked with about six kilometers to go to go clear of everybody else in the breakaway, with Simon Yates looking like the strongest of the other riders up there. In the peloton, let's talk about the big one here. Tade Pogacar, with about 10 kilometers left of the Col de la Loz, began to crack. Jersey unzipped, not looking great, pale-faced, with Marc Soler helping him all the way up the climb. In response, Jumbo Visma just went for it. Sepkus, he did his job. Jonas Nego did bridged up to Tish Benoit. Tish Benoit did his job. Jonas Vingo bridged up to Wilker Kelderman. Jonas Vingo attacked once more and he was away ahead of every other real GC contender. This was dominant with a capital D. No one else really came close. Behind Rodriguez couldn't hold on to Adam Yates, who seemed like one of the stronger riders in the top five. Adam Yates now solidifies his third place overall. Whilst, I mean, the rest of, of GC came home in dribs and drabs. Pogacar really was the victim of today. Uh, in the end, he finished today 22nd place, seven minutes and 37 down. And also, this is not to neglect the fact that Felix Gal took the stage win for Ajdez Citroën in his debut Tour de France, a stage win for him. He's had a great race so far. Pogodot jersey stint in the beginning. He's very close to that classification now. Also top 10 in GC. I mean, it's a brilliant Tour de France debut for a rider who we were sort of questioning. He's had a lot of hype in the past, but not quite delivered at Grand Tours. But here he has done it. In the GC fight, Jonas Vengo leads the Tour de France by now 7 minutes and 35 seconds. Adam Yates sits in third place at 10 minutes and 45. Carlos Rodriguez in fourth at 12 minutes and one second. Simon Yates is in fifth at 12 minutes 19. Peo Bilbao is in sixth at 12 minutes and 50 seconds, with, with Jai Hindley falling down to seventh at 13.50. Eighth place is Felix Galavage de Zersitroen at 16 and 11. Kuss in ninth at 16.49. And rounding out top 10, it is the Petit Prince du Bretagne, David Gaudu, at 17 minutes and 57 seconds. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with Felix Gal. Felix Gal, I wasn't doubting you, but uh, you doubted you before the Tour de Suisse. Nevertheless, you and huge victory uh, yeah, for you, AG. You say that, but early on today's stage, uh, in the live commentary over on the Cycling Day main channel, I said Gal was the strongest in the breakaway for stage. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying before that, before he was even took a stage win, but never <laughs> in the Tour de Suisse. But uh, nevertheless, you and a huge, huge moment for AG to our Citroen. Uh, with Ben O'Connor, the big plan not really happening, and for Felix Gal as well, Austrian winner. Um, yeah, 
what more can you say? And he looks like he's going to be potentially getting inside top 10 as well by the time we get to Paris and even challenge the popular jersey, maybe. There's always bragging rights between these French teams of who has the most to sort of uh, to have on their palmares by the end of the race. Um, this year, Coffert has had a really good case there with two with two stage wins and potentially a top 10 with Martin. Martin might not enter top 10, but two stage wins is good. And as you just said, Citroën with a stage win, a top 10, and a really strong performance from Felix Gal definitely is is up there. Group Armour right now don't have a stage win. They're going to finish in 10th probably. And I mean, who else really? Total, they lost their leader. Arkea, Zilch. These are the French teams. It definitely looks like Ange Desert are going to be one of the stronger of the French teams in terms of their bragging rights. Also bear in mind, this is their home region. They're from the Alps. They're an Alpine team. Look towards Alpine talent. Felix Gall as well. He's not from this part of the world, but he is a rider that Ash Desert have picked up as part of their new international diversification program, which included picking up Ben O'Connor and other talent. Gal was at Sunweb DSM a couple of years back, and he wasn't delivering top-tier results at Grand Tours and UCL World Tour stage races. We were hoping and hoping and hoping because we saw like sort of glimpses of, of real gold dust there. And now at the Tour de France, he's delivered on that at Ash Desert Citroën team. It's great news for them. They have a new star to look out for and to protect in the years to come. A great effort by the team as well with uh, with Ben O'Connor. Like for some riders, they don't want to do the work for other their team if if they're the big dog, but he was doing a massive shift for Felix Gall. But nevertheless, you and the headline here is Tarbogacha. And uh, yeah, what do you think went wrong? You touched on there, the crash. Could that have potentially done something? Because he's had two weeks where he's been, yeah, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, him and uh, Vingo ahead of everyone else. And today, just it went backwards. Well, we await the interview from him post-race they have to do an official white jersey interview we've missed that sadly that will come out later on so patch up everything else but the crash may be contributed to it it's not a great day to start the day yesterday as well there were pictures of him after the finishing line just looking a bit sort of spent as well alan piper who was in the team car such a close ally of pogaccia in his time at uae he was in the team car rather at the planche de belfi uh, he's had health publications and had, has had to take a step back from cycling. But he was saying that Pogacar just didn't look like himself over the past couple stages. And I mean, you're saying in that time trial, I thought he, I thought he still rode a great time trial. But losing one, one and a half minutes to being a go there was just a huge blow. Maybe psychologically, he was out of it as well. But today, that fit, that just physical touch was just missing. That ability to hang on to that front group was just gone. He cracked before the bike path part of the of the climb. In 2020, he was right up there in the climb. He didn't it didn't suit him that time. He lost seconds to Roglic then, but here it just was sort of huge. We didn't haven't seen a general classification rider really, well a top tier podium contender crack that hard in the final week of racing, probably since Simon Yates at the Giro back in 2018. Like that, it's just huge. It's huge, and um, I don't really know what caused this, where to go forward. It's an insurmountable gap now, seven and a half minutes in GC. It's not going to happen unless Jonas gets evaporated. He crashes and breaks every bone in his body. These aren't situations that are going to happen. And yeah, let's hope but, not. I mean, of, of course, it's it's not the way Pogacar would want to win anyway. There's been murmurs and, and so forth about Pogacar abandoning. I don't think he will. Vingo in his post-race interview said Pogacar never gives up. 
I'll need to be ready to react to whatever move he gives. But I think it's I think it's done now, to be honest. Don't really yeah. know what's going to happen on stage 20 in the Vosges. We have a cracking battle for fourth place. So let's probably hone in on that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. It's kind of like after that time trial, it was kind of like, oh, it's it's still salvageable. But now it's just, it's it's over. Especially like tracking like that. But yeah, as you said, the kind of the fourth place podium spot. Adam Yates looks like he's going to finish on the podium at least. And I mean, yeah, what did you make of that battle? Jad Hindley wasn't in that early breakaway and we thought that was a bit of a mistake considering all the rivals that went up there and yeah who do you think's kind of the top gun here in terms of fourth third etc i'm thinking simon yates he's he's kind of he really really wants that top five he's in it now but i think a fourth place would be huge for him it would match his best performance in 2000 no this would be his best performance rather in the Tour de France, I think mixing him up with his twin brother, they must hate when people do that. Uh, Both white jersey winners as well. <laughs> I know, and it was like the 2016-17, they're so close. Both Frumiers. But uh, I, I think Yates is in a really good position. Rodriguez has 18 seconds at the moment, which is a decent buffer. But Rodriguez was dropped by Hinley today, and I thought Hinley was losing a lot of momentum in this Tour de France. Rodriguez also lost time to Yates, in the t- it was Adam Yates in the time trial at least. I think Chris Harp is looking like a really useful teammate, probably stronger than Pitcock and these, those other guys are looking. So for me, I think Simon Yates has the ability to jump up, but jumping into that early breakaway is going to be a huge battle for these guys in lower ranks of top 10 on stage 20. I think that's going to be probably the most intriguing part of it. Even today, with that battle for the breakaway, Hinley not being in there was a huge blunder in the end. Maybe they didn't think that the breakaway would go all the way to the end, but Bora, you could tell that they were frustrated that they missed out because they started coming to the front with their riders, with Nils Pollard and so forth in the valley before Cordelalos, trying to bring it back because they were worried that Bilbao, Yates, and Potentially, Gal were going to jump up in the GC. Gal didn't gain enough time, but Bill Bow and Yates definitely did. And for Hinley, it's going to be one minute he'd have to make up on Bill Bow to jump back into sixth place. It's been a slippery slope for Hinley since that crash where he's fallen from third to fourth, fourth to fifth, fifth now to seventh. I'm starting to think that it's not going to be a top five for Jai. Rodriguez as well, just not quite a first class performance today, but his teammates look well, Kvyakovsky and Castropiejo were strong, but on a climb like that, it comes down to your own legs in the end. Yeah, I mean, looking past the GC for a bit, I mean, it's it's quite interesting what happened with those two groups attacking, but um, the lower, t- uh, lower ends of top 10. But in that breakaway as well, we had a Giulio Ciccone and uh, Ewan, he's really launched himself into, well, further, a big advantage to Tarvigacha and Jonas Vingua, who we thought were going to be the big threats. Obviously, now Felix Gal's in the conversation as well. But uh, yeah, how, how do you think his chances are now for taking that jersey, being the first Italian to win that jersey since 1992 um, that we spoke about on the Echelon cycling podcast? But yeah, Ewan Ciccone, how do you see that going? I mean, Chacon is in a great place. He didn't get swamped by... I mean, if Vingo were right up there towards the end on Cordelalos fighting for that 20 points at the top, it would have been a different situation, I feel. But Chacon did a really good job. 
He's evidently on good legs at the moment. He won every sprint that he could in that first part of the stage. Gal, I think, is a big surprise re-entering that mix because he said he didn't want to go for it. It said it was too many goals to get Polkadot stage when and top 10, but he's in a really good position to do that right now. Uh, but I don't think Gal will be allowed into a breakaway in that fin- well, on that final mountain stage in the Vosges. I think Chikana, realistically, in that top three is the only rider who'd be allowed in that breakaway. And Yumbo and UAE don't need to ride that final stage in the Vosges as hard as they might have imagined given that um, the GC is not really up in the air anymore. It's seven minutes. They don't need to ride the stage for the stage win in the bonus seconds, unless UAE won a stage win for Pogaccia. Maybe if they really want to get rid of Carlos Rodriguez, that might happen. But to be honest, I feel like it's going to be a breakaway day on Saturday. Uh, yeah. So big day out in the breakaway queen stage. How did you find that out there? Yeah, it was a really tough day from the start. Yeah, pace was really high um, from the first climb with Obviously, quite a few guys looking for the break today. And then, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> once the first break went, you could tell guys were pretty keen to get across. And I was lucky enough to go across in that second move, across to Kevin. From then on, it was just uh, a bit of a battle. I think, like you could tell, the GC teams behind didn't really want to let the break win. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, I don't think the break really had too much of a chance with never really again more than three minutes um, and then yeah quite a few GC guys were in that break and I think that made it really really tough for us um, when you got the caliber of rider like that I think it's a really difficult situation to try and do a top result from but I think between Kevin and I yeah we fought really hard together um, and fought all the way to the finish line and that's all we could do today, um, yeah. so we have to be proud of that. And you then said you spotted your dad at the side of the parkour. Did that give you some extra motivation? or? Yeah, definitely. I think um, yeah, I saw dad at the bottom of the last climb. He sent me a message before the stage saying he was going to be there. But um, yeah, it was really nice to be in the break and be at the front of the race. Um, and obviously all the other Aussie fans out on the road. Um, yeah, there was lots of Aussie flags out there today, which is awesome. Nice. Perfect. Well, that's basically it for a recap race analysis on a day where a car couldn't even stop Jonas Bingol from taking time on Taro Gacha. And uh, of course, as always, hit the like buttons, comment down below as well what you thought of today's stage and join us over on the live commentary streams on the Second Dane main channel. So with that, thank you very much for watching and we will see you around.